We're back here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. Thanks for joining us. It's a very busy day, and uh, as, as well as yesterday, it was a little less busy than yesterday, which is probably needed because I don't know if I can go back to back with all the news uh, that we had from yesterday uh moving over to today so it's a nice little break but still the back 12 is falling apart right in front of our eyes i always i always i mean we, we we always have this the conversations of man where was all this news in june and july like this is like normally we're, we're dead you know fully into fall camp at this point where it's like all right let's out outlook of the nebraska running back room outlook of yeah. the nebraska wide receiver room but that's not even the conversations that we're finding ourselves having it's the conference realignment season still oh yeah and people may forget obviously not really forget but there's just not a lot of uh position talk going on right now like there usually is so where was this type of conversation uh in uh in in june and in in may when we needed things to talk about like conference realignment <laughs> did you feel like june and may were kind of tough to get through no they weren't tough to get through because we can we can talk for hours on end yeah yeah but and we were stuff to talk about, but not everybody wants to hear about Major League Baseball and how good the Cubs are. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they just—it's kind of funny because traditional media, it is—you know—these are these there are these times, these these months where you just kind of, especially in a college football market, uh, have to just kind of move things along as much as you can um, with the transfer portal, and and maybe it's killing college football and all that stuff. But for us, it, it's—I mean, the 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 you know NIL and and, and conference realignment, all that stuff really helps with the content. So uh, it is it is. It's kind of fun in that way. And we'll get back to that in a second. I did want to jump into the news of, of college football, uh, excuse me, uh, the Huskers camp. Of course, they had practice number four today, uh, and they had some interviews uh, in, in, in post-practice um, to get to. E.J. Barthel and in, in, in offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield were speaking, as well as a few players. Um, I think the biggest thing to come out of it, well, one of the, one of the interesting things is that they're kind of split uh, split group approach that they've had to get some of the younger players a lot more reps uh, has kind of been pushed to the side at least for mm -hmm. today and probably for the rest of camp, I would assume, as you really start to try to get uh, get ready for, you know, the main guys ready for the season. Uh, but it, it, I'm sure that's been nice for the for the younger guys. The other thing is they're basically saying that they have they'd prefer to have Bo Jackson. Um, but <laughs> without having a, a, a generational or lead back like that, they basically plan to take a, a committee approach here we go again room. here yeah. we go again the committee <laughs> approach what does the committee approach look like i, I mean but it, now it's from the, it's from their mouth so it, it is it, it sounds is. like that's the plan yeah uh, i mean we, we remember this going back to all the way to like ryan held oh, yeah. we remember uh the conversations about we're gonna we're gonna do multiple running backs and Dedrick mills is you know without any pattern or method to the madness, Diedrich Mills is going to have seven carries here. And then we're going to let Jacquez Yant take over for the entire game. And then we're never going to see Jacquez Yant again. And Ramir Johnson's going to start fifth on the depth chart, but still get his carries. And then Ramir was the lead back because of it. It, it has been such an up and down uh, decade for Nebraska's running backs. Yeah. I mean, you think back to even like Mike Riley, or I should say Scott first year, Scott Frost, 2018. It was Greg Bell who left three games into the season <laughs> and divine divine Zigbo was started third on the depth chart and ends up being the number one guy at the end of the year. And almost, did he have a thousand yards that I year? Or was he, he so he, he hits a thousand yards after starting the season third on the depth chart. I mean, it's just the up and downs at Nebraska's running back position. Then you finally think, 
oh, here in 2022, you found a guy that really could, looks like he could take the room in Anthony Grant. But then guess what? A guy in A.J. Allen comes up, and it's like this guy is going to be Nebraska's next 1,000-yard rusher, A.J. Allen. And Nebraska has him for four years. And then he transfers to Miami. And he, like he's going to be a guy that I think a lot of Husker fans somewhat keep tabs on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because A.J. Allen was fun. Yeah. A.J. Allen was really fun. I think I think he'll force you to. I think he'll pro- probably be in some of the highlights in uh, of those Miami Hurricanes games. Uh, and and you know again, I, I think that there are, are you know in that running back room, there was there was room for him. I suppose. I mean, it, it's it, it was kind of all that question: who's going to start? And now that we see it kind of unfolding, he would have been part of this this rotation. Um, they did mention they did want to mention too. It's not like each guy's going to get two or three carries. Yeah, there probably is a room. Uh, you know, uh, one of these guys, you know, might end up doing that here and there. But they uh, pretty, you know, they want to get him going too. Part of this, and and if you're a uh, run the ball guy like myself, is you you love to hear that as this plan kind of continues, and this is something that they've talked about. Um, it 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 is bleeding into fall camp they want to run mm-hmm. the ball quite a bit so it, part of this was kind of if if things go according to plan and if we run the ball as much as we want to in this conference you're going to need more than one guy it's not necessarily yeah. you know just picking your best guy you're going to need more than one and i think that that suits nebraska pretty well i like anthony grant um is he kind of that next um big time running back at nebraska remains to be seen um like you said, it was close to a thousand yards last year. Nebraska has in the last decade. I think Ozigbo probably is the only one <laughs> that's yeah. hit a thousand yards since uh, Amir was on campus. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I think that that's right. Um, so it, it, I think that that works out well. Gabe Irvin also uh, hit the podium. He said he's gained 10 pounds. So you're kind of thinking about the shape that he'll be in maybe to take a, a few more hits. Um, Ramir Johnson, like you mentioned, still on the team. Uh, you know, he's got a spot in that rotation. I think that that this shared load uh, will work best for Nebraska, considering the personnel they have. All of it, depending on whether they really can get a lot of improvement out of that offensive line, because they can want to run the ball all they want. Um, and at times, I think the offensive line improved last year, but you got a lot of new faces in there. Um, you got some injuries that you're still kind of getting looking to get mm-hmm. back from. Some guys that had sat out. Um, you know, are they, are they in football shape? So it's. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And then the other part of it, part of that is too, that's interesting is if they plan that approach, this, this run heavy big 10 style approach, and then you go into that Minnesota game. That's the game. That's the game. We typically think, okay, Minnesota, that's, that's who they are. Yeah. Minnesota's on the kind of the other end of the spectrum where they've lost their all time leading rusher in Mohammed Ibrahim. They did bring a, a, a nice transfer in at the running back position, but their, their news out of, out of camp and in the summer was that they've got, their playmakers are the wide receivers. They've got a great wide receiver unit. So they're going to st- try to think of the best way to get their wide receivers the ball. So it might've be a, that game might look a little bit different or a lot different than what we've seen in the last couple of years from Nebraska, Minnesota. Well, how about this? So this goes from Athlon sports. I, I just searched uh, the Minnesota golden Gophers preview and, and it starts out with a pretty, uh, pretty, I mean, pretty big state, if you will, quote, the Gophers are offense. The Gophers, excuse me. The Gophers offense is undergoing its biggest makeover in PJ flex seven seasons at the helm. Gone are the program's all time leading rusher, Muhammad Ibrahim, and all three interior offensive linemen, uh, including Remington trophy finalist, John Michael Schmitz. Uh, Fleck will always want to establish a run and Western Michigan transfer tailback. Sean Tyler is who Bach was talking about. 
appears to be the best option to maintain that identity, although a regression is expected from the running backs. Uh, how about this? Strong-armed quarterback, Ethan, Ethan? Ethan Kaliak yep. Manis takes over for full time for four or excuse me, takes over full time for sixth year senior Tanner Morgan and has what might be the best pass catching core of the Fleck era. Um, they got new that's, co- a, that's a big, they, those are they big got, words. Yeah. That, that team that like really through his 11 win team had great wide receivers on. Yeah. So that's a big statement there. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, they had what was that? What was it? They obviously had Chris Ottman Bell on that team because Chris Ottman Bell is old. He's still um, on team, yeah, he's right? still on this team. Who was who were the uh, who were the receivers? Um, he plays for Tampa Bay. I cannot think of the uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I can't think of their name. Hold right on, now. we we have to we have to look it up. Um, receivers. All right, we're just gonna have to do this here. I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> Whoever you can the, help us on the text line yeah, too. If you t- can think of yeah, names. Tampa Bay wide receivers. Um, so that was a twenty. Was that the twenty? What year is that? Twenty nineteen. Yes. Kirk Siaraka got a lot of the credit for kind of orchestrating that offense. Tanner Morgan looked incredible. So it was Rashad Bateman and that Tyler Johnson. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, that's who I was looking at. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Gosh dang. Tyler yeah. Johnson so I mean, really uh, don't don't forget. I mean, Nebraska. We we've said this a m- couple times. Nebraska was probably or at least on their way to defeating Minnesota in 2022 last season if it wasn't for Kaliak Manis. Hmm. Keep keep Tanner Morgan in that game, and Nebraska probably walks away with a W on that day. Well, Kaliak Manis, I mean, he hit that one big 80-something. I felt like an 80-yard. I don't know how long it was, but that big pass play. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like there was a whole lot. To be fair from Kaliak Manis, like, yes, he did, he did really help, and that was the difference between – the first half when, when Tanner Morgan, I think, I think uh, Nebraska held Tanner Morgan in that offense, like 30, mm-hmm. 30 yards. They did. Something. Well, well, they, more importantly, they held Muhammad Ibrahim in check. Yeah. Muhammad did. Ibrahim, unfortunately. So listen to this. So Muhammad Ibrahim rushed for 128 yards and two touchdowns in the second half. Mm. That's what, that's what killed Nebraska. It's, yeah. um, it, it's, it was just, it was just, unfortunate or excuse me i guess he would be held to he was muhammad ibrahim was held to just 18 yards on eight carries in the first half Mm -hmm. finishes uh finished the game with 32 carries and 128 yards i remember sitting there with you on that post game show um and once again this was the this was the game that uh casey thompson was injured for i believe logan smothers And Chubba Purdy had which a, was the bigger problem. The, yeah. offense, I mean, the offensive problems without uh, Casey. No, well, there all year. Yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska scored one or scored ten points in the first quarter, and then scored three in the fourth. Yeah, Minnesota scored twenty in the second half. That was twenty thirteen. Um, I, I remember sitting there on the post game show with you, Bach, because after this game, we were saying, "Look at Minnesota." And they are everything that Nebraska for the last seven years has said they want to be a run the football type of team. And the reason we said that was because eight on, on, he was held for 18 yards on eight carries in the first half. If that's the case with Nebraska, they are not nearly running it as much as Minnesota did last year in that second half. No, no. With Minnesota, (laughs) right? Yeah, they abandoned (laughs) it. They abandoned it. That's what their history has told us. But instead, 
Minnesota then goes, we're going to run Muhammad Ibrahim three times as much in the second half and go 24 carries in the second half for 110 yards. That's just, that's the difference between Minnesota and Nebraska or Illinois and, and, and per, or I should say Illinois and Iowa and Nebraska and Wisconsin in years past is that even though they had eight carries for 18 yards by their best player in the first half, they were like, you know what? We're going to triple his amount of carries. And obviously when you get first downs, it brings on more carries and things like that. But I mean, it it was at at that point, you're averaging a little like 2.1 or 2.2 yards per carry. Nebraska abandons that in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. If they even make it to that point. Well, and I think part of that Minnesota loss too, and and don't forget about this as they transition their offense is that the last couple of years they've had a top 10 top 15 defense in turn in top five in like scoring defense like they've had some really good numbers and really good defense and part of that is their ball control offense yeah another part of that is when they play bad big 10 west offenses in nebraska was a bad big 10 west offense without casey thompson i think they had like six out of the eight second half possessions or, or a big part of that kind of flip in that game was a heavy dose of three and out from Nebraska as they could not get anything going. I remember uh, Chubba, was that Chubba Purdy that started the game, got the first touchdown drive, and you were kind of thinking, well, that's what more of what we like to see. Uh, yeah. And then it just, you know. Yeah, Chubba Purdy, Chubba rushed for a touchdown that game. Chubba threw six for 16 for 41 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Um, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, Logan Smothers went five for 10 for 80 yards. Those were Nebraska's. Nebraska's t- team passing stats, 11 for 26, 121 yards, and a touchdown. They averaged 4.7 yards per pass. Complete. That's that is not good. That's not very good. That is not good at all. Um, Nebraska, as a team, rushed for 146 yards that day. They, they outrushed Minnesota, uh, but part of that comes from minus 28 yards on Tanner Morgan. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... You had Anthony Grant that rushed for twenty-one t- or rushed twenty-one times for one hundred fifteen yards. Trevor Purdy who rushed six times, Logan who rushed four, and Ramir Johnson who rushed four times. Well, it's interesting too because it's one of the. I mean, the whole Scott Frost era is about being close, right? Close and losing those games. Oh, uh, yeah. But I mean, that's a big part of this discussion. When I think because this year, and people get on me for being down about this Nebraska team, and they're not necessarily down. It's just the numbers don't equate to a big season. Part of that is because Nebraska has been down for so long. Another part of that is Matt rules first year. So, but there is that glimmer of hope that is, that, that basically is if it, it doesn't have to be a genius, it doesn't have to be a Matt rule. Somebody that could come in and just tweak a little bit could get a few more, you know, yeah. a few more wins that Scott Frost couldn't because he constantly got in his own way or that staff, you know, at that time it was not a Scott Frost loss. It was Mickey Joseph leading the group. Um, but in any case that, you know, that was just kind of the part of the whole, whole five years. And that's what I kind of hold out a whole lot of hope for this, this Minnesota game. Minnesota's a nine win team last year. They They've are. won nine or more games three out of the last four years. That's a good program. Whereas Nebraska, obviously, as we know, hasn't been to a bowl game, hasn't been over 500 since 2016. So, you know, naturally that leads you to believe that Minnesota would would be the favorite and win that game in game one. But it it is part of it is just looking back at last year, how bad that offense was. Yeah. How unspectacular Minnesota's offense was and and thinking, man, you were right there. But that the same can be said. Obviously, you did beat I. Well, the game be, same can be said though for Wisconsin and and uh, you know mm-hmm. Illinois, Purdue, 
at Northwestern, I suppose. Here's what was so frustrating is that Minnesota uh, w- took a took a 10-point lead. And this is one thing. So, actually, I have a confession to make. Um, I was watching the 20 – I rewatched the 2019 Nebraska-Colorado game. Okay. Just a little while ago. Yeah. Good like, first half. Like Great 30, first half. 30 minutes ago, watched I watched first, this. You like the first half? I watched, I watched the entire <laughs> game highlights. Yeah, oh, nice, so, you yeah. saw all of it, right? Well, what's so frustrating is that I forgot how many times in that game, and this, this, I promise this works itself back to Minnesota. Uh, how many times in that game and throughout the Scott Frost era that Nebraska made plays and it was like, all right, there's five minutes left. Nebraska's up by seven. They'll be okay. Like they're not losing in regulation here. Yeah. Right. And they didn't necessarily lose in regulation there against Colorado. It took, took two, uh, took an overtime to get to. Um, and, and Isaac Armstrong hooked the field goal to the right. Yeah. You might remember Punter. that's, that's yeah. That's how Nebraska <laughs> lost that game is because uh, they just didn't have anybody that year. But then, well, that was the year. What's the kicker that, that had the yips that year? Well, no. So Connor Culp was Connor Culp in 2018 and 2019. Yeah. I don't Connor, remember. Connor Culp won the big 10 uh, kicker of the year. Was it, it wouldn't have been 2018 because they wouldn't have made yeah, the change. Too far back. They wouldn't have made the change. Um, would that have been like the Barrett Pickering year? That could be that might, might be because they didn't have they didn't they sent out their punter because they their kicker was struggling, I believe, at that time, too. That That's another thing is that you can't like narrow it down based on year because Nebraska for a long time had had kicker problems under Scott Frost. Yeah, so okay, so Barrett Pickering was on the team in 2019. Gosh dang, um, yeah, Barrett Pickering. Goodness. Pickering doing doing the kickering. Um, I'm trying to find like Nebraska special teams. 2019. Yeah, stats because like it was incredibly bad in 2019. Uh, with like, okay, so here we go. 2019 Nebraska football position breakdown. Uh, specialists. All right. The, oh, never forget this was uh Javon Dewitt's crew. Mm. Um. So kicker was Barrett Pickering. The punter was Isaac Armstrong. Barrett Pickering did not have himself a good year. Uh, so much so. I want to I want to pull up his his 2019 stats. So I got so I got the kick on ESPN. So Barrett Pickering was three of five that year, but they but nobody was steady and nobody was very good. So well, no, yeah. Isaac Armstrong was two of five. Matt Waldock was four of four. Lane McCullum was two of five, uh, two of four. Harrison Martin was one of one, which I don't even know he existed. Dylan Jorgensen, I don't even remember these names, was 0 of one. They, so yeah. they just kind of rotated through guys, and eventually, I think it was Lane that was one of them was like Lane serving, McCollum, yeah, was serviceable, yeah. <laughs> um, Lane McCollum. Hit the hit the line drive with like a twenty three degree launch angle yes. on the kick against Ugly Northwestern kick for the win. I mean, my goodness, like a, I, I don't know, like thirty yard field yes. goal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up Connor Culp's <laughs> stats because and never forget, like Connor Culp, his, his this is gonna be bad. Like his truck got broken into, and then he was like never the same. <laughs> That's right. Or it was his truck got stolen. It was like his white truck got stolen or I something. Remember something happened. And, and it, he was like never the same after that. So 2020, Connor Culp. Uh, yeah, that's right. Connor Culp goes 20 of 20 in extra points in the code during the COVID year. 13 of 15 uh, from in field goals. Then 
in the in 2021, 28 of 31 on extra points, six of 12 mm. on field goals. I, I gotta see because it's gotta pull up the uh, where would it be like the uh, the the each field goal that he made. Um, <laughs> yeah, Connor Culp. Yeah, Chase Contreras was from Iowa Western. That's right. He was on. He he did some kicking. He was two for four that year. Man, yeah, just not yeah. not all that good. Now, in Connor Culp's uh, year that he was all Big Ten, by the way, too, he didn't hit a whole lot of long ones. No, which was weird. And then the next year when he struggled, he couldn't anything hit anything short, but he was hitting like fifty yarders. Yes, if you remember. So it was very strange, up and down. The whole kicking at Nebraska has been. <laughs> Somebody says Caleb Lightborn's uh, Ohio State onside <laughs> kick. It was not a dis- doesn't well, get as bad as that. It, it tried to be an onside kick. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I was in 2018, and I was trying. I was at I was standing in Shields because it just opened. Oh yeah, and I was standing in Shields, and I was watching it on the big screen at Shields, and he falls over the kick on the tee, and I go, my goodness, Caleb Lightborn. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, wait. Speaking of Barrett Pickering. Hold on. So I'm, I'm stuck on Barrett Pickering here. Barrett was such a disappointment at times because uh, he was rated so high. Yeah. Um, Which can't it's kind of weird because they do those zero ratings like rivals and, and 24-7. Nobody really does it. It's like this. These just a spe- specified it's the group. Coles. Yeah, yeah, it's the Coles. Yeah. The Coles camp ranks kickers. And I don't know. how. I don't know. Oh, so how about this? Here. So Barrett Pickering, do you know where he transferred to? He no. actually South Alabama. Yes. Yeah. Dang. Look I at you. That Bach. one. Out. That was a. That was a. I don't know where how I remembered that. <laughs> um. Barrett Pickering. I don't think he ever kicked for South Alabama though. That's like it. Did. I don't know if he ever. Oh wait. Oh. Uh, that's career stats. Never. Never kicked a mm-hmm. kick for South Alabama. We better take a break. We are up against it. We're going to continue looking at uh, disappointing kickers and talk about the, the running back room, conference realignment, all that coming up next year on ninety three seven. The ticket.